Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Republicans head back to work, saying the fate of the party rests now on one issue. And is President Trump trying to rewrite history on the Access Hollywood tape? Why, oh why? Plus, Trump hits the media once again, and again, it hits close to home. This is the State of America tonight. The White House clearly is trying to push forward his tax reform plan. The fate of the parties in our hands, as well as that of the economy. We'll see if there's a vote Thursday. So Thursday, Friday, if worst case scenario pushes over to early next week. President Trump now facing a legal battle over who will head the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. There are two people in the building claiming they run the place. We have created, perhaps inadvertently, the very worst kind of government entity. All right, so critics are slamming President Trump for pushing his agenda by backing Roy Moore. The moral of the story is don't nominate somebody like Roy Moore. Hello, everyone. I'm Kate Baldwin, live in New York. To our viewers watching around the world, this is State of America. Tonight, President Trump is back from his holiday vacation, and if anyone was hoping time away meant to change in anything in Washington, keep hope alive, my friends. But we're going to have to just stick with reality. Nothing is different. President Trump walking back into work, walking back into a series of divisions and distractions. Divisions and distractions, some, of course, of his own making. One of those divisions, the tax fight. A fight still within his own party. But don't tell that to Trump's Twitter feed, like this one. The tax bill, the tax cut bill, is coming along very well. Great support. But methinks those tweets aren't telling the whole story. Failure is not an option when it comes to the Republican Party and cutting taxes to every Republican senator. The fate of the parties in our hands, as well as that of the economy. That dire warning there from Republican Senator Lindsey Graham is because failure is a possibility still. One Republican is already a no vote in the Senate. And remember the math, my smart friends. They can only lose two Republicans in the Senate before they lose the whole thing. And a distraction from that tax fight that is also now a division. Two people walked into a federal agency today. I know it sounds like the beginning of a joke. Both claiming they're the boss. Both firing off dueling memos to staff saying just that. I'm the boss. No, I am not making this up. This is how Washington works today, apparently. It is called the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. It's a watchdog agency created in the aftermath of the 2008 financial crisis. The director just stepped down. He put in his place his deputy. But the president had other plans, appointing his his current budget director to take the interim job. A budget director with a long history of attacking the very agency that he is now heading up. The place is just, it's, it's a wonderful example of how a bureaucracy will function if it has no accountability to anybody. Um, it turns up being a joke, and that's what the CFBB really has been in a, in a, in a, in a sick, sad kind of way. So now that budget director, Mick Mulvaney, and the White House are facing a lawsuit by the other person claiming to be the, po- be the boss. 
Leandra English, who is already working there. One of the many problems with this whole thing is the law doesn't seem to be so clear. Even legal scholars don't know how this one's going to shake out. A judge needs to step in and very quickly because it's not crystal clear from the law. Because there are two laws saying two different things. I'm not even going to get into it, but let's see what the judge says. So you can expect divisions over this issue, no matter what the judge decides, of course. Welcome to Washington. And divisions are also you're going to see continue on this issue as well, the Alabama Senate race. President Trump all but endorsing the embattled Republican candidate Roy Moore this weekend in a series of tweets attacking the Democratic candidate in the race. But... That is, once again, putting the president at odds with his own party, which fears that if more stays in the race, they lose no matter what. I don't I don't know what winning looks like with Roy Moore. If he wins, we get the baggage of him winning and it becomes a story every day about whether or not you believe the women are Roy Moore. Should he stay in the Senate? Should he be expelled? If you lose, you give the Senate seat to a Democrat. But Democrats, they are now facing their own divisions right now over allegations of sexual harassment and misconduct. Enter Democratic Senator Al Franken. He faced the cameras for the first time today since being accused of groping by four different women. I am tremendously sorry. And I know that I am uh, going to have to be much more conscious um, when in, in these... Uh, circumstances uh, much more careful, much more sensitive, and that this, um, uh, that this will not happen again. So Franken also said that he is not going anywhere. He is not resigning and he's not stepping down from his key committee positions. But one Democrat is Democratic House member John Conyers. He is stepping down. He's not resigning. He's stepping down from his post as the top Democrat on the House Judiciary Committee after reports that he settled a case of sexual harassment against him from a former member of his staff. The top Democrat in the House, Nancy Pelosi, well, she started drawing criticism from even some in her own party with her reaction to the Conyers situation, saying this Sunday. John Conyers is an icon in our country. He has done a, gr a great deal to protect women. Do you believe John Conyers is a I don't know who they are. Do you? They have not really come forward. That's for the Ethics Committee to review. But I believe he understands what is at stake here, and he will do the right thing. So there's that. And now to the distraction the president has definitely brought on all by his lonesome trying to rewrite history. Remember that infamous Access Hollywood tape where Donald Trump bragged about groping women that was such a thing in the election? Of course, again, he won despite of it. That led to a rare apology from Donald Trump in October of last year. Anyone who knows me knows these words don't reflect who I am. I said it, I was wrong, and I apologize. But now the New York Times is reporting that the president is suggesting that tape isn't authentic. This is their reporting. He, Donald Trump, suggested to a senator earlier this year that it was not authentic and repeated that claim to an advisor more recently. The New York Times is reporting. What? Usually a politician. Let's just go over this. I know this is not brain surgery. Usually a politician denies the wrongdoing before apologizing for it. But there, of course, is nothing usual about this president. So why would it start here, I guess? Apologize first and then deny it and then deny it and say it never happened. 
Got it. So with all of this on the president's plate, why, oh, why is he fishing for yet another distraction? I don't know, but here it is. Attacking the media once again, this time attacking CNN International directly on Twitter with this doozy. Outside of the U.S., CNN International is still a major source of fake news, and they represent our nation to the world very poorly. That's his tweet. Well, CNN responded on Twitter. It's not CNN's job to to represent the U.S. to the world. That's yours. Our job is to report the news. Facts first. To borrow a line from the White House press office, this will be the only time I will, likely, I'll let the tweet speak for itself. Let's get back to distractions and divisions. So many to cover, so little time. Where to begin? Let's start with taxes. And what the president's role is now in trying to get a big win on the board once and for all. CNN's Boris Sanchez is at the White House for us with much more on this. Boris, the president's making a big push this week on taxes. What is the White House saying about their chances and what they think the president's role is now? There is certainly a lot of optimism here in Washington, Cade, about tax reform moving forward. Frankly, there has to be. You heard Senator Lindsey Graham saying that the fate of the Republican Party is in our hands. After a year lacking in major legislative victories, Republicans have a lot riding on tax reform, which is why you see the president uh, making this a uh, full court press this week. Earlier today, he had a uh, lunch with members of the Senate Finance Committee to discuss tax reform. And tomorrow, he's actually headed to Capitol Hill for the third time in just a little over a month to speak to Republican senators and to try to sway some that perhaps may be on the fence, like uh, Senator James Langford of Oklahoma and others that are hesitant about the long-term ramifications of this kind of tax deal on the nation's uh, deficit. Uh, beyond all of that, you also have another looming potential crisis on the horizon. Uh, the president is set to meet with leaders from both parties tomorrow here at the White House to discuss uh, coming together on terms for a deal on a spending bill. Uh, you'll recall that back in September during uh, this kind of previous meeting, uh, the president decided to punt until this time of year. And so you have a potential government shutdown. The government set to run out of funding on December 8th. And so there's a lot of pressure on them to come up with a deal, not only on a spending bill, but on raising the debt ceiling. And you may see other uh, tangential issues get dealt with there as well. Uh, A fix to the DACA problem, also funding for uh, children's health insurance programs. All of that is what's on the agenda. Beyond that, you have a a serious number of uh, controversies circling this White House, not only the debate over who the actual leader of the CFPB is, but the potential for Donald Trump to endorse Roy Moore in Alabama, Uh, this news about his position on the Access Hollywood tape. It is going to be a jam-packed week and month for this White House with a lot at stake, Kate. Yeah, so taxes, a spending bill, a debt ceiling raise, all before they head off for the holidays. That sounds like a perfect time to tell your budget director to go take on an entirely (laughs) additional job over at the Consumer Watchdog Bureau. I'm just saying. Great to see you, Boris. Thanks so much. Thank you. All right. Still ahead. He said he did it. He said he was sorry. Now he's reportedly saying he didn't say it. How does the president, how is the president trying to rewrite history, help Republicans get past the allegations against Roy Moore? We'll discuss. Democratic senator speaking out for the first time since he's being accused of sexual misconduct as President Trump reportedly has told a senator and an advisor that that infamous Access Hollywood tape is no longer authentic. 
even though it happened many, many years ago. The panel tonight, Sabrina Siddiqui is here, politics reporter for The Guardian. Evan Siegfried is a Republican strategist and author of my favorite book, GOP GPS. Here's the, here's the thing. Write a book. I will plug it like nobody's okay. business. Okay. Keith Boykin, CNN political commentator and former Bill Clinton White House aide, and Paris Denard, CNN political commentator and former White House staffer for George W. Bush. All right, friends, let's get to this. Sabrina, one of the reasons that the president, according to CNN reporting and others reporting, is not coming out to condemn Roy Moore, one of the reasons, is because of his history with Access Hollywood tape during the election and everything that that would have brought up if people said to, to, had to talk about it again. But now he's saying that it's not true or suggesting that it, the tape is not authentic. I, I'm, does this make any sense? No, it makes zero sense whatsoever because the president already acknowledged that the tape was authentic when it was released about a month before the election. In is, fact, he defended it specifically. The is there a threading the needle here? Is there some alternate universe where the tape's not authentic, but I'm still going to apologize for it? I'm just, I'm just he, playing this out. He, he defended it as locker room talk. Those right. were the words that he infamously right. used. And I think there's nothing Republicans want more than to relitigate the sexual assault allegations against the president. Uh, this also just emphasizes why they're in an awkward position because they've um, a number of Republicans have said Roy Moore should step aside. Maybe we'll move to expel him from the Senate if he wins. Right. They haven't been able to answer why the same standard is not being applied to Trump, why his accusers should not be believed. But if this, if the president didn't want this drudged up, why is he, well, like, even in private, saying that he's suggesting that this is not, this tape is not authentic? That fits into the category of, and I know it is a word we do not like to use. Uh -oh. a, <laughs> you never know what it comes to be. A lie. Oh. He's, if he's lying, why is the, would the president lie about this, Paris? Did, I'm sorry. Did the president come out to the press and say that? No. This, so we're, we're, we're basing this on. Oh, so now we're going to blame the sources. No, I'm not going to blame the sources, but I'm just saying we can just say this was allegedly a conversation the president had in private. Well, yes, even in private, though. And, and so I think that he could he, you can speculate all you want and you can throw out things in private just as hypotheticals. But I think the president is clear that the interview that you all show when he was on CNN, he he said he apologized for the works. He called it locker room talk and he's moved on. I don't know if this moving on, though. I mean, he's moved on from it. it. Well, OK. OK, fine. Evan, Republicans right now, they say that no matter what, when it comes to Roy Moore, don't worry, we're getting Democrats. When it comes to Roy Moore and where it stands right now, if he stays in the race and is there any evidence that he will be leaving the race? Absolutely not. Right. If he stays in the race, they lose either way. Do you see it that way? I actually see it as we lose if he stays in the race and he wins. I think it would be much worse for the party because we have this perception that we have a war on women. And standing by Roy Moore, and there's a certain segment of the Republican Party that is saying, Roy Moore over Doug Jones because Doug Jones's policies are bad. And I agree 100% Doug Jones's policies are bad, but you have an accused child molester. And when you stand by somebody who's accused of that with multiple women who have gone on the record, and you have Jeff Sessions saying, I believe Lee Korfman and all the other accusers, and you stand by that, what does that say about you as a party? As a party, 20 years ago, we had Bob Packwood in the Senate who was expelled yep. for sexual harassment of somebody over 18. We had Bob Livingston, who was about to become the Speaker of the House when allegations of an affair with somebody who was an illegal adult came out. We drummed him out of Congress, Mark Foley in 2006. The party of moral values has basically cut our own leg out from under us, and we ha cannot speak from any position of moral authority on this now. Democrats... Uh, Democrats have their own problems right now, and I'm talking about divisions within... Republicans have divisions here within their party. They've got issues. Democrats have issues now as well. You have Franken and Conyers. Neither of them are stepping down 
or, or resigning from their jobs. Nancy Pelosi calling Conyers an icon yesterday and get it, catching a lot of flack for it. Is Nancy Pelosi, the top Democrat in the House, is she playing the same game that Donald Trump is playing right now? Only seeing this through a political lens. Well, I don't know. I hope not, um, because um, this is an issue that shouldn't be a Democrat or Republican issue. It you should be. I, well, I'm not going to disagree with you there. It should be a right or wrong issue. And my take on it, I'm not saying this as a Democratic strategist, as, a, as an American yeah. citizen. Um, I think that everyone should be investigated if there are complaints, there are credible complaints, regardless if they're for Democrat or Republican or Independent. We should have an investigation, a thorough, thorough process uh, for Al Franken, for John Conyers, and for Donald Trump and, Trump and Clarence Thomas as well. I don't think we can just fo- focus on one side. And I think, and I think is, is, sexual, is sexual assault and sexual misconduct is a serious issue. Let's investigate it everywhere it happens okay. in our government. But, uh, flip, the flip, most, flip the names, and that's exactly what some Republicans... The most striking thing about Nancy Pelosi, um, or about the interview, was that when she was asked if she believed the women, she wouldn't say so. And, you know, that is the, I think, what really struck a and lot of Democrats. Have rightly been because that roasted. is what Roy Moore has said about That's his right. accusers. That is what Trump has said about his own accusers. And it, you can say that John Conyers is a civil rights icon, but then in the next sentence say that these allegations are very troubling. I believe the women and we need to investigate. This, and is, I what, believe, this, is, what this, this is what Speaker, um, former Speaker Pelosi, right. now Leader Pelosi does. I mean, this is when, when Cedric Richmond made the unfortunate comments about Kel, Kellyanne Conway on the couch. She on CNN was like, ah, I don't know. I didn't hear. I didn't watch. And so she always play, claims to not so hear. So can we so agree does- that both both of these people, and there might be, I'm just using two, right? Yeah. Donald Trump and Nancy Pelosi, they are seeing this through a political lens. If this with John Conyers was John Conyers, a Republican from Oklahoma, she would be saying, hell no, out with him. That's the issue we have. It's because you, you look through things through politics or through morality. And what everyone in Washington, D.C. knows, on the Hill knows, Everybody that's elected is not a moral leader. Forget we want them to be, but when you look through a political uh, lens, so, okay. you play politics. I hear you, but here's my problem with this whole thing. Why is there a different standard for politicians and a different standard for everybody else in right. business? Everybody would be gone. If, if, they are well, gone. that wasn't true. <laughs> or they're heading out. Well, it's not true in Hollywood. It's, not it's true. starting now. It's, I'm it's saying starting. now. Yeah, it's but starting it, now. But it doesn't seem that that well, title they write the rules. whatever so one how, is. If you write the rules, you get to you can change the rules and you live. <laughs> this is true. This is true. But how do you set that standard? When you you start off by saying you're the party of family values, and then you elect Donald Trump as president of the United States, I, I think and forty percent of uh, Donald Trump got the nomination with only forty percent of the Democrat or Republican Party voting for it in the primaries. And at the same time, you do have Republicans such as myself who will hold the president to account. Who, when he was accused of or the Access Hollywood yeah. tape and all the accusations, we've said that's morally wrong and continue to say that. So if you say that that uh, is representative of the Republican Party, that we are somehow no longer family values, yes, we are no longer family values in the sense that we're embracing Roy Moore. But at the same time, how can Democrats go out when they have uh, their leader of their party, Nancy Pelosi, is saying, believe all women with an asterisk on the end? That's morally sick. I'm telling you, divisions, not solving them here today. Coming up, crunch time, Republicans up against a hard deadline to get one big legislative win on the board before the end of the year. Whose deadline set? Who set the deadline? They did. It's always a self-imposed deadline. Will Will President Trump help them or hurt their chances? We'll be right back. to give the American people a huge tax cut for Christmas. Hopefully that will be a great, big, beautiful Christmas present. 
That was President Trump making a very big promise last week. It's probably safe to say that gifts of health care reform and infrastructure improvements are not going to make it in time to get onto the Christmas tree. But how about some tax reform? We'll see. Let's get back to the panel. Okay, Sabrina, this is a make or break week for tax reform. I know. You're probably having deja vu. Mm. I've said it for three weeks now. But it is. Why does this week matter so much? Well, I think that Republicans are contending with some of the same divisions they saw in the debate over repealing and replacing Obamacare. They Mm -hmm. have... Uh, they have broad agreement on a set of priorities. How do you get there? That's where they have fundamental fundamental disagreements. And I think that there are a number of, especially Republican senators, Republicans in the right. Senate, who have raised concerns about the tax reform bill in its current form. Uh, the question is, can Mitch McConnell uh, corral the votes that he needs, where we know he can only afford to lose two votes? Right. And we saw this process play out with uh, health care, and it looks like they're headed down potentially the well, same path. I've had many a smart Republican try to make the case to me that this is not health care reform, because they are they're, they for two reasons. They know they, they, there's no other win to get after this. They have to get this or else. And two, there's much more agreement on taxes than there was around health care. Do you see that? I see that, absolutely. And I also don't see a whole bunch of Democratic uh, aid groups going out and protesting outside because health care is a much more personal thing to mm-hmm. people, mm. whereas taxes are far more uh, intellectual concept uh, where it's a little bit harder to My wallet your, is personal, man. Well, it's not your health care where people hear the scare tactics of they want to kill you. In the tax reform, there are problems that I have as a conservative in that we haven't cut spending. Yeah. And as a New Yorker, I have a problem because we are eliminating the SALT deduction, which would be a $72 billion increase Basically, on New Yorkers. a lot of New Yorkers and people in New Jersey are going to be paying a but lot more. But it's more. And, and you could be quadruple taxed if you live in Ohio. Oregonians are going to be charged up to $500 more in taxes. But we do need this win. Cutting the corporate tax rate is GOP orthodoxy. That's a healthy thing for You know us. what else is GOP orthodoxy, my friend? Not adding to the deficit. Huh. <laughs> Used to be. This is, I mean, one thing that huh. can't be a quick fix. I mean, like SALT and all the other acronyms. There, you, can, you, can, you, can move, you can move around the chess pieces. One thing that seems a very tough fix to fix on the Senate floor, Paris, is to figure out how to not add a $1.4 trillion to the deficit. Like, this is major. It, it is. Why are Republicans crazy about this? Because you listen, this is what the Congress says. They kick the can down the road. And this is why the, the White House said we want tax reform before Christmas, because they know if they didn't put that deadline on there, it would be well into January, February, March, and there would be no victories in 2017, which the president wanted. And so the Congress always does this. They just they don't look for the long term. They go for short term. So do you wins. agree with Lindsey Graham where you don't agree with Lindsey Graham often? Do you agree with Lindsey Graham on this, that the fate of the party is, is on this issue? It, it, it is. It really is because tax cuts are at the core of what the GOP always stands for. But in addition to that, the GOP needs a win. The president needs a win. They both need a win. But and this win has to be something for the American people. Who needs a win more? Do you think the American people need a win? And I'm disappointed that do not get all Pollyanna on me. No, I'm disappointed that the, the president and the Republicans keep looking at this as. We've been through 11 months in the 2017. We haven't accomplished anything. Let's rush through this without any serious hearings. Let's just get something done so we can say we got to win. What kind of government is this? And Donald Trump on January 20th stood up there at the podium for the inauguration and he said he was going to remember the forgotten man. This is a this is a tax bill that hurts the forgotten man. It hurts middle income and well, lower income people. People has- who earn who earn less than thirty thousand dollars a year will see their taxes go up in 2021. People who see their who earn less than seventy five thousand dollars a year will see their taxes go up in ten years. 
Meanwhile, the corporate taxes will go down, the estate taxes will go down, and so the wealthy permitted. and the elite will, yeah, will benefit, will and the poor will suffer. That's that's a Robin Hood yeah, in reverse. Yeah, also, but guess what? You only It's like polling. You only like the, the cost estimates that work in your favor. If the CBO comes out with one that says that it hurts, that it helps the wealthy and hurts the poor, I don't believe their methodology. I'm going to leave it there today. Don't worry, Sabrina. We've got like days, if not weeks more of tax reform. Yeah. Welcome back from Turkey Day, everybody, since we're the only people who celebrate it. Anyway, this is day 312 of President Trump's administration. That's the state of America tonight. We'll see you back here tomorrow. When you work, you work next level. And when you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So, you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.